That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Our guest today is Sean Thompson. So excited to share this conversation with you. Man, what a good one it was. Sean Thompson is a world champion surfer who is on the list of the top 10 greatest surfers of all time. He's a native of South Africa. He's won multiple surfing championships across the world. He's got a new book out called The Surfer and the Sage, A Guide to Survival and Ride Life's Waves, uh, which was co-written by a friend of that Sober Guy podcast and myself, poet and philosopher Noah Ben-Shia. If you remember, if you've been listening for a long time, Noah was back on the podcast a couple of times in the early days of the show, 2015, 2016, really helped encourage me and uh, and and believed in me, really, uh, to, to continue on and put me in contact with, uh, with some of our uh, great sponsors early on that led to conferences and just the growth of the show, which is spread out to help so many people. So much love to Noah out there. And I was so excited to see that Sean and Noah wrote this book together when, when their team reached out to, uh, to come on the podcast. And The Surfer and the Sage, it employs a, a surfing as a metaphor to analyze 18, uh, the 18 breaking waves of life, uh, including loss, depression, aging, uh, relationship changes, just overall change in general too. As, as we all know, life is, uh, is constantly changing and we never know um, what the day is going to bring. Um, so this book, when it was sent to me and y- you know, you don't know what to expect sometimes when you get a, a book and um, man, I was so excited to get this. I mean, just that there's, there's great artwork in it. There's great photos. Um, it's easy to read. And uh, so we're going to get into that in the podcast and uh, man, what a pleasure it was to, to talk to Sean and uh, to hear some of his story. He has an incredible story um, of obviously surfing is a huge part of it, but he also lost his son uh, when his son was just 15 years old. And he talks a little bit about that. And uh, he also discusses on how to get through uh, trauma, how to get through loss. Um, and we have some fun too. We, we talk about the surfer's code and what that is, how you can write your own surfer's code, which I highly, highly encourage you to do and not just write it. Um, but I mentioned in, in the podcast, uh, that I had written mine and Sean said, well, grab it. Let's read it. Reading it is so powerful. Writing it is powerful, but reading it and going over it and believing it is so powerful. And it's such an easy exercise to do. And it's a really big part of Sean's talks as well as the book, uh, he's he has a a, a a book by itself on the Surfer's Code it, it, itself, and we'll put all the links from everything we talk about today in the show notes for you, so it's easy to find. But man, just uh, just an exciting conversation, uh, just a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it, and uh, I just want to encourage you guys to uh, to check out all of Sean's work. And once again, we'll put that in the show notes for you. And before we get to the conversation today, you can find all of our resources, like our free ten day guide to help jumpstart your life without alcohol go ahead and sign up there and we'll send that over to you for free 
We also have our 30-day Quit Drinking Dude Challenge. That's 30 podcasts in 30 days, a community of men, like-minded men who are trying to give up alcohol, who are giving up alcohol for 30 days or more, along with daily exercises. Once again, you get a podcast to couple that together and, uh, man, really help you have some accountability and some uh, and, and some uh, community involved in that as you work through going 30 days without alcohol. Um, you can also find more podcasts podcast meetings resources you can get all this by going to that soberguy.com that's that soberguy.com you can check it out there be sure to follow us on instagram at that soberguy podcast and uh, man so excited to share this with you hope you enjoy it please uh uh give us any feedback on instagram we'll be posting some uh, some videos and whatnot on there and whatnot how do coach used to say that back in the day he'd say and whatnot and we used to make fun of him for it now i'm saying and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get to the show and whatnot. Here's Sean Thompson. Uh, world champion surfer Sean Thompson joining the show today. Uh, it's great to have him here. I'm excited to have this, uh, this conversation and share it with you guys out there listening to the show. So thanks for tuning in today. Sean, it's great to have you. Uh, welcome, man. Thanks for coming on uh, uh, the podcast today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Shannon. I, I really admire the work that you're doing to keep people sober and help people find a positive path through life. I think it's very noble work. And, uh, and thank you um, <clears throat> as a member of the community. Thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you, man. I, I, uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, I have a copy of your newest book here, the surfer and the sage, man, what in a, what a cool book. I wasn't sure what I was going to get when Frank, uh, sent that over. And, uh, and I actually have some history, uh, excuse me, with, uh, with Noah, with Noah Benchia. He actually uh, uh, helped me out when we first launched that sober guy back in 2014. I think it was about 2015. I met him at a conference down in San Diego and uh, he came on the podcast and what an amazing dude. When I saw that you guys collaborated on this, I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. So thanks so much for sending that. Um, really love it. And uh, uh, how, how's it, how's it been going? How's the book doing? What are your thoughts on it? Well, it's been a wonderful ride. Noah and I met a few years back, and uh, we both live in Santa Barbara, but we'd sort of moved in similar circles, but we never really crossed paths with each other. And then a friend of ours set up a lunch together, and within five minutes of chatting, you know, he told me about his life, I told him about, about my life. He said, hey, Sean, let's write a book together. <laughs> that and you know, Noah's written, he sold millions of copies. I think he's written 29 books. Yeah. And I've written like three or four books. Uh, and I said, great, that's a great idea. We're going to call it The Surfer and The Sage. Oh. And he said, right on, A Guide to Survive and Ride Life's Waves. So the book concept was done in about five minutes. Wow. And it, it, it was sort of a very organic um, start. And then we were trying to find our voice and trying to find our, our path through the book. And then COVID hit. And I started to speak at a lot of... Uh, big organizations, universities, virtually, uh, rehab clinics, spoke to rehab clinics, spoke to um, PTSD survivors, a lot of different groups. And I would ask them when I started my presentation, send me a word that describes how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And they text me a word and it would come up on a word cloud on the screen. So people could see uh, at a glance how the whole group is feeling. Yeah. And the, the four words were stress, anxiety, depression, and disconnection mm. with 
I believe disconnection being the fundamental driver of the other three words. So what we decided to do is, is the, the book is like a path from the negative to the positive. So every single chapter of the book has a duality. So you'll have despair with the negative being first and hope. You'll have powerlessness and empowered. So we wanted to have the book as this little, not a prescription, but a little perspective, yeah. which is both a mirror and a window. So it's both a mirror on the person's life that's reading it, and also perhaps a window into someone else's life, which can help um, inspire them. So it's just this little bridge yeah. between darkness and light. It's like a Swiss army knife for, for mental state, for mindset. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, the 18 chapters, it's got 18 chapters because um, Noah is a, a biblical scholar. And in Hebrew, every letter has a numerical, has a, a number associated with it. It's called gematria. And I said to him, no, how many chapters should we have? He said, well, well, 18 is a very, very significant number because it means life. So oh, wow. that's why that's we good. did it. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and if, if, if I could give a little feedback on it too, just for those out there listening to, to this right now, the book, you know, for me, sometimes books can feel overwhelming. If it's a, if it's a thick book, it's okay. I got, and even if I'm into the book, um, it takes time to sit into it. Um, and it can be a little intimidating sometimes this book, when I got it, the colors alone just popped. And I said, wow, this is really cool. And you, you mentioned it's a smaller book. It doesn't feel overwhelming. It's perfect. It's every, every chapter is, is just the right length. It's just enough to get you motivated and just enough to get you thinking just enough to encourage you a little bit. And, um, man, it's, just, I, I was, I was super excited when I got, you can probably hear it again, but I just want to tell you, thank you again for, uh, for sending it out. And, uh, man, I just encourage those out there who are listening to this, check it out. Um, and I want to talk about a little more in particularly the chapter confusion and clarity, but before we get to that, um, let's back up a little bit. For those out there listening who um, may not know a little bit about you, um, what you know, uh, where you're from, um, you were a world champion surfer. I'm assuming you still surf till this day. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Sean, and give the listeners a little background on you. Sure, I grew up in Durban, South Africa. Um, I grew up in a segregated society under the the system called the apartheid, which means apartness. Um, South Africa became democratic with the release of Nelson Mandela from prison in 1990. And then it became a democratically elected country in 1994 with the first, uh, the first open elections. Um, I became a world champion in 1977. I competed on the pro tour for 16 years. I had, I had a lot of success. I was, I was very fortunate. I was very, very committed and very disciplined, but I loved, I loved, I was incredibly passionate. I loved surfing. I won 19 major pro events. During my career, I was the youngest guy to win. I was the oldest guy to win. My records have all been broken by this amazing surfer called the Kelly Slater. But I helped create pro surfing with a group of my friends. We built it from a lifestyle into a sport today. Uh, you know, the circuit is worth most probably 70 or $80 million. million. The young guys and girls are making millions of dollars in um, sponsorship and prize money. Surfing, I'm very proud to say, was the very first professional sport in the world that had uh, pay parity. So the, tops, the top guys were earning the same as the top girls, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I created a couple of successful apparel companies. I was in clothing while I was in uh, while I was on the professional tour. One was called Instinct in the eighties. It became a market leader. We're like number three in the marketplace. I also sponsored other surfers uh, under Instinct to become world champions. Uh, a, a young guy called Tom Carroll won two world titles while I sponsored him. Another guy, Barton Lynch, won a world title when I, I sponsored him. So I was very much involved in, you know, even from a young age, mentoring other people. I became the first member and ambassador of Surfrider Foundation, which is one of the biggest environmental groups in the world today. Mm. We had millions of members around the world. So I was also very involved in, in, in environmentalism uh, during my career and, and after my career. And then um, after I sold my last company called Solitude that I developed with my wife, after I retired from the tour, we lost our beautiful son, who was 15 and a half. He played a dangerous game that he'd heard about at school called the choking game. All the kids wore, wore school ties at school. So it was just a terrible time and a terrible tragedy for us. But, but that loss pushed my life in a, in a different direction. And I went down the path of, um, of helping other people uh, make positive choices. Yeah. So, um, I wrote, I'd written a book called Surface Code, which became popular. And I used that as a vehicle to start empowering people and getting people to write their own code. Surface Code was based around a code that I had written, which was a tool to inspire these kids that were coming down to this famous beach that had an environmental problem. So I made up this little card, 12 lines, every line beginning with I will. I will always paddle back out. I will never turn my back on the ocean. I will realize that all surfers are joined by one ocean. Just really 12 simple metaphors. And I printed up a card and the kids loved the cards. And then it turned into a book. And then it turned into, after I lost my son, it turned into another book, uh, which was a book that I wrote called The Code, The Power of Our Will, which was a tool for positive decision making. And in fact, a number of psychologists, uh, uh, people who work in rehab clinics, psychiatrists, have said to me, Sean, you know, I've got to tell you, so many of my patients are walking in with your little book. And I went, wow, that's amazing. And they, and they say, yeah, it, it's a real help to them. So this latest book, The Surfer and the Sage, on page 77, which is just coincidental, which was when I won my world title, there's a chapter on a powerless and empowered and it really details this code process and how simple it is for anyone that's listening. If you want to make a transformational change, you just pick up a sheet of paper. Or you can even go on my website, seanthompson.com, and you can write your code, 12 lines, every line beginning with our will. And then what we're doing, we're, we're beta testing this new concept chain. And it'd be great to get some of your, um, your audience involved with it. You can go to the website. And you can create a tribe. You can create your own tribe. You could create the Rama tribe. And to that tribe, you can invite friends of yours. And you can all write your code together. And everyone can see, and you post a picture of yourself, and everyone can see what everyone else has written. So you might want to do this with a family. You might want to do this with a team at work. You might want to do it with a sports team. So what does this process do? So firstly, for people in recovery, <clears throat> certainly I'm no, no specialist in this area. I, I'm, a, I'm a specialist in 
When people suffer and they have a tremendous loss, helping people find a new way forward. I went back to grad school. I did a Master of Science in Leadership. I looked at all the latest research, the latest psychological research on committing to a positive path. And I found that engagement is key. Engaging with both your purpose and also engaging with other people, getting other people and connecting with other people. Because you're not going to do it alone. When my wife and I had to go through this terrible path of despair after we lost our son, you don't come out the other side by yourself. There's family, there's friends, there's healthcare professionals, there's religious, you know, perhaps you get back in touch with your faith. So there's a lot of different aspects. So this little book talks about that, that process, but the code is so powerful in terms of creating this engagement and also what it does too, which I assume and I've heard helps uh, for people in recovery, it creates accountability because when you make that statement publicly, I will have faith or I will forgive myself or I will take a better path through life. You've made a promise, man. You've made, uh, you've made a public promise. So you don't want to let yourself down. So it just gives you more motivation to execute on that promise. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, and I, uh, I actually took, uh, and it didn't, it didn't take long. I, I did the exercise. The, the oh, right. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I think I have it right in my, in my book back here. And well, read uh, it, read it. If you've got, it, it, yeah. if you've got yeah. it handy, please read it. If you don't mind. <sighs> All right. Yeah, this is this is one of the I think the best part uh, of what I do is, is hearing people read their codes because it's like it's it's your soul. Totally, and you 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 feel it. You're making it's a it's a commitment. It's written out. It's real. It's not just something jumbled around in my head, which can you know which we can tend to do a lot. I know I can. So, um, okay, service code. Uh, service code. I will put God first. I will lead my family well. I will serve and help others. I will mourn and I will laugh. I will love and honor my wife. I will lead by example. I will forgive. I will guide my son and my daughter in the name of Jesus. I will catch a gnarly wave one day and ride it to freedom. <laughs> I haven't read this because we, we had to reschedule this interview. So it's been a couple of weeks since I looked at this. Uh, and then I think, I, so actually, I think I only did 10 because I hit the, ed- the end of the page, but I ended with, and I've had to really, I've had to really sit in this and really believe this because of that imposter syndrome and those doubts and all those things that are planted over, over the years. And, and I, I ended with an I am statement, actually, which I am a man of God. And um, man, it's, thank you for telling me to do that or, or suggesting that too, because um, it's, it really does uh, help to sit in and um, create true belief uh, in 
what I'm writing, what I'm saying, and and what I believe in as well. So I love that, man. Thank you, thank you for that. The Surfer's Code. You know, those words, those words, those words were beautiful, Shane. So you. you know, you know what's interesting. So I've done this with hundreds of thousands of people, and I've read millions of lines of code. I don't know, millions, over a million, I'm sure. But everyone writes beautiful words. I mean, your words about faith and family and leadership and leading by example, you know, they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're, po every, they're poetic, they're powerful, they're passionate. Um, but everyone writes beautiful lines and writes different lines because the human soul is beautiful. And this code is a way for people to find their best selves, I think. But we only write really two lines of code. It's like the, if you compare our purpose in life to a river, it's like the river splits apart and then it comes back together. And when it splits apart, the two lines are, I will be better. Mm -hmm. So we want to be better today than we were yesterday. We want to be better tomorrow than we are today. We want to have more faith. We want to pray. We want to be a better husband. We want to be a better father. We want to be a better leader. We want to be closer to God. We want to be better. And then the other line is, I will help others be better. Yeah. So <laughs> while we all write something different, the fundamental purpose of life can be defined by those two lines. I'll be better and I'll help others I'll be help. better, which is, which is beautiful to, yeah. to see and to read. And w one thing I've noticed is when I'm helping others, do better, whether it's my kids, my wife, a friend, like even just on the podcast, having these types of, of awesome conversations, being able to share that and give back is what makes me better in the long run. It's not me. It's not me being better. It's me serving, you know, and I didn't figure that out on my own. I've had a lot of good mentors and, um, and conversations and uh, trial and error, but that is one thing I know to be true. It's biblical. It's also the, the action in it um, speaks for itself, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm 100% I'm in agreement. I mean, I, I like, I, I often say that when you give something, you know who the real beneficiary is. It's not the person you're giving it to, but you, you, you are the one that's benefiting by helping someone else. It like, it just makes you feel so incredibly um, valuable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just creates this, such an amazing feeling. So, yeah, no, we, we absolutely on the same wavelength yeah. there. Um, if I could, I'd like to go back to the second to last one. I will catch a gnarly wave and just share with you something really quick. When I first, when I first like changed a, a lot of habits by starting with alcohol and, and just going down this new path, um, I went, I'd always wanted to, I'm from Northern California. So we, you know, I didn't, I skated, snowboarded, um, everything board related except surfing. We, I just didn't surf up here. I'm not, I'm about a, at least an hour away from, uh, from the coast here. And, uh, but I always wanted to. And so when I, when I got, to, when I got, uh, sober was on this new path, I said, man, I, that's one thing I want to try. And I'm all about trying new stuff. And so I, I buy this board off e or off of Craigslist from this guy in Oakland and this, and he gives me this killer deal. And it literally sat in my garage for years. Right. And I, ne I just was too chicken. I never ended up going out and I ended up getting rid of it. And, but I still held, I said, man, one day I'm going to try it out. So fast forward 
We spent a lot of time down in Orange County in, in Huntington Beach this last year. And finally, at 39 years old, I tried it for my first time. And man, I'll tell you what, it kicked my ass, but it was <laughs> it was so dang fun. I was out there every day. My buddy Matt down, uh, he, he lives down in, uh, in Fountain Valley. We'll get a kick out of this man i just it i i just got beat up so much out there but at the same time it was so freeing i went on a, a an amazing surf retreat with him down to oceanside and i didn't surf much i got up a couple of times but i was out there giving it my all and it was so there, there was so much spiritual awakening just sitting out on on the board out there and just being free and just trying just trying something new trying something different at 39 40 years old it made me feel so alive, you know, and it was, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm still going to go out, but uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, I don't go get out as much as I <laughs> could before, but yeah, man, I just, well, so in that, thank you for letting me share that. But I actually have a question is that what is it you think in your experience that gives us that freedom when we're out in the ocean? What is, what is it that is so enlightening? Um, there's something that we connect to out there that I, I can't explain. Yeah, you know, I think it's a number of things. One, it's incredibly humbling. You know, you're out there in this magnificence and you're out there in this vastness and you just sort of feel so small. And then you have this wonderful sensation of just floating. You know, you're floating in the ebb and flow of the tide and you have that wave coming towards you and that wave sort of all-powerful so, so I think this notion of, of, of being humbled, this notion of floating, and then when you look out at the horizon, it's just open. And, and to me, you've got the world behind you, you know, you're waiting for that wave, so you're looking out at that wave coming and you're waiting for your wave. So you, you have this hopefulness associated with waiting for that wave. But also you have that, feeling of connecting to the universe because this universe is in front of you and it's open and it's this horizon and it's freeing. And then also, um, you know, you're immersed and you're sort of floating between the air. You're on this little plane of surface tension and you're just sort of floating there and you're half immersed and you're sitting there. It's just this sort of feeling of rhythm. Yeah. This feeling of connectedness. You know, you haven't, it's not like you're standing and, and, and you've got your feet in shoes and you're standing on something, you're immersed. Yeah. You're immersed in life. And, and I think that's why surfing gives you that connectivity it gives you that feeling of spirituality it gives you that feeling of hopefulness and optimism and also it gives you that feeling of humility which which are all essential building blocks of character and life so yeah surfing yeah it, 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 it it's it's and it's very difficult and it's very challenging yeah. uh even for me now i find surfing you know a great a challenge so there's always that quest yeah admission <laughs> do, you, do you still get out often or do you get out it, it like what does what your what does your uh surfing life look like these days yes yeah, so i still get out pretty often i usually 
You know, I, I don't, I don't surf when it's terrible. I'm usually a little bit. I just like I've got so much happening that yeah. I like to only have a go when it's when it's pretty good now. And I've got a nice little spot right by my house here. That's that's a pretty cool spot. And so you know, I, I enjoy it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I still love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you 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 kind of explained the the bit just the parallels of surfing and life. There's so many analogies there that you can use, um, and even even just the the act of standing up on the board itself. It's it's actually such a small part of the whole experience itself. There there's yeah. so much more to it, and and until you're out there actually trying to do it, it's it's hard to explain, I guess. No, well, you um, know, in the book I write, in one of the chapters, I write about how you know each ride is only, you know, between seven and 15 seconds, unless yeah. you're riding a really long whimper. So, so the ride's really brief, but the waiting, the, the waiting, yeah. the paddling, that's kind of where you spend most of your time. And that that process of waiting, of that hope and, and optimism, waiting for that next wave, and then that paddling out, it's like that quest. It's almost like yeah. an Odyssean quest, like Ulysses. You know, he's got this quest. Um, so there's all sorts of special, special, I think, mental aspects associated with surfing. Yes, the physicality is unbelievable and yeah. you get an unbelievable tube ride and you're inside this tunnel of water and you think that you're in the state of flow and you think you can curve the wall to your will. Those are amazing sort of extrasensory moments that happen. But you, even though you might not be surfing at, at, at a high level, you can still get a lot out of yeah. And now, you know, I, I can get a lot out of surfing by just mind surfing, you know, just by just kind of thinking about that wave and riding that wave in my mind. I, I wrote in the surface code, uh, those 12 lines I wrote like so many years ago, I will catch a wave every day, even in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> mind surfing. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, Let's, uh, well, let's see. Let me just do a time check here. We got about six minutes, it looks like. I want to make sure we're on, on point with that. Um, how, so we kind of shift gears here, a little, little more of a serious question, but I'd love to hear your take on it, obviously, as somebody who has experienced this. And I know um, that a lot of people have had their own trauma, their own loss. They've had to deal with things in life. Maybe they're going through something right now. Um, how do you overcome? Well, first, let's, let's, let's backtrack, not even overcome. How do you sit in and work through and be when you're going through something traumatic or a loss, um, such as something that you and, and your wife experienced losing your son? How do you do that? And then how do you overcome that and, and move on? Yeah, Shane, that's a, you know, that is a, that's a very, um, it's a tough question. And I can only answer um, based on, on what I did because there's many ways to deal with grief and suffering. And every single one of us, every single person that's listening today is going to have those moments of grief and suffering when the world has gone dark, when the lights has been extinguished. Um, so this is the process that, that, that I went through. And everyone has their own path to follow. But I can just tell you what, what worked for me and perhaps it, it, it might it might help others. So for me, the first step, and perhaps that might even be the hardest, and that is acceptance. Um, accepting the what is and not the what if. 
not thinking, well, what if I'd have done this or what if I'd have done that? It's accepting the reality of that loss is just very, very difficult. And then secondly, getting rid of any blame or guilt that has to be banished. You, you have to you have to obliterate any blame or guilt. You have to be absolutely forgiving of oneself and others. It's it's happened, mm. um, and 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 those th- those are two very hard steps. Another one is get back in touch with your faith, whatever that might be, whether you're Christian, Catholic, Jewish, Evangelical, Muslim, Sikh, Hindu. Get back in touch with your faith. Go back to a religious institution, speak to a rabbi, speak to a priest, because they, they can certainly offer you solace and comfort. And then get back in touch with God through praying. I found praying is, That's good. Praying is, is, is helpful. It's like my mom used to say, uh, God's like an old friend. You, you might not call him up every day, but he's always there for you. Yeah. Uh, I lost my mom about a year ago. Um, then um, find something that is meaningful that you can do to help others. Yeah, it's good. Whatever that might be. It might, might be volunteering at a food bank. It might be. But find something that's meaningful that you can, you can help others with. And then find a meaningful project that you can create. Uh, I wrote a book. I created a film, I produced a film called Busting Down the Door. And all these projects were all to highlight the memory of my son. So they kept yeah. my son alive. And now when I do these talks around the world and around the country, and I tell a story about my son, it's like a, he comes he comes to life again. Yeah. And then connect with nature. Hmm. And that, that might be by going surfing, by snowboarding, going skiing, just walking in the woods, walking along the beach, connect with nature. So, so those are the little steps that I used. And, and every single one of them helped me significantly, and they all sort of meshed together. Yeah. You know, they, they, they helped me. And then I would also encourage people to write your code, 12 lines, every line beginning with our world. Takes 15 minutes, write it with someone you love, because this is certainly a new way forward after loss, a new way forward after suffering. It just gives you an insight into. So, I got a letter from a young girl a couple months ago who was obviously having some, some mental issues, and you know, she said how much my talk meant to her. But she ended it off by saying, Thank you for the hope that you've shared with me. And that's what the code is about. The code's about the future. The code's about I will. It's about a change. So that's what you need when you're suffering. You need hope. Yeah, yeah that's good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, where can folks find the book? Uh, where can they get in touch with you if they want more information, um, if they want to connect with you, social media? Where can folks do that, Sean? So I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn and I'm very active on Instagram. You can always go to my website, seanthompson.com. That's spelled S-H-A-U-N-T-O-M-S-O-N. And there's a direct way that you can email me there. 
um, on uh, on my website. You can write your own code on the on the website. You can yeah. become a chief and create a tribe. And 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 you know it would be fantastic. When I'm trying to get people to write their code and create this positive wave mm. that sweeps right across the earth, helping people activate purpose to live a better life. Yeah, I love it. We'll, and we'll be sure to put all of those links today in, in the show notes as well. So it's easy for everybody to find, um, uh, real, real quick too, for a guy who was 39 and didn't try surfing until he was 39. I don't know how North shore became my favorite movie back in the day, probably because I had a buddy down in orange County. He said, <laughs> you got to watch this movie. And then he goes, Hey, I think Sean was in that movie. Actually. I told him you were coming on the podcast and yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites, man. What a, what a great movie. That's pretty I, awesome, man. I had a little part in the movie. The movie <laughs> showed three nights ago here in Santa Barbara. Oh, no way. Anniversary. 2,000 people turned up. <laughs> it was insane. The movie, it's become like the it. Rocky Horror Picture Show of surfing. It's totally. Cult. <laughs> it's it's so, my, even my kids, my kids are eight and 12 and they watched it about, about a year ago for the first time and they loved it. They, oh, North Shore's on. Yeah, it's like, it's so awesome, man. So it's going down to generations. Pretty, pretty yeah. good stuff. That's it, Shane. Well, I, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And the, the work that you're doing, uh, to inspire, uplift, and and get people on a positive path. It's just truly awesome. And I've had a lot of my friends who've gone through recovery and come out the other end strong and powerful and better. Yeah. So so thanks for the, the path that you're following and for helping people. Really appreciate you you having me on. And maybe we can come back another time too. I'd love it. We'll definitely do that again. Thanks a lot, Sean. Good to meet you. Thanks man. for the code. Thanks one. for reading your code. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope something spoke to you. Share the podcast with a friend. Make sure you follow Sean. You can check out all of Sean's work. You can get the book, The Surfer and the Sage. Find everything by going to seanthompson.com. We'll put the links in the show notes for you. Love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.